Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing this morning? You guys are doing all right, I guess. Hey, can we welcome our Lighthouse Point location who is joining us this morning? Thank you guys so much for being here with us. For our Parkland location, real quick, I don't know if you can look around. There's a lot of people in this place, and we still got more people coming in. So if you got a seat next to you, if you guys just scooch in a little bit. Just, I don't see anybody scooching. We need to make room in this place. Well, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but we got Easter coming up next week. And Easter is like the greatest thing that ever happened to all humanity, that Jesus died on the cross, rose again so that we can have life and freedom. And, and can I just tell you something real quick? Go, it's like the Super Bowl of church. It's like everybody goes to church on Easter, whether you believe in Jesus or not. And so I was doing some research this week on statistics of people who would say yes to coming to church if invited on Easter. And do you know that statistics say that 80% of people would say yes to an invitation to come to church on Easter if invited by a friend? 80% of people would say yes. Now let me go a little bit deeper here because I found some, some other statistics. And this statistic actually said that eight out of 10 people that do not attend church say that they've never been personally invited. Eight out of 10 people that don't attend church say nobody has ever invited them. But yet 80% of them would say yes if invited by a friend. Man, you guys, what an opportunity we have this Easter. How many of you guys, you know, being in church, being at Coastal has made some sort of a difference in your life. You've received some hope, some encouragement, 10 of you. Awesome. Lighthouse Point, I'm sure you have a lot more. But man, why wouldn't we want to invite somebody to hear a message of hope and encouragement, something that could bring freedom and life and transformation to somebody? Why wouldn't we? invite people if they were 80% likely to say yes. Like, let's use this this Easter to help make a difference and maybe change the course of someone's life. And can I just say, again, I'm sorry, I'm gonna talk to Parkland here for just a second, so I'm so sorry, Lighthouse Point. I'm gonna include you in a minute. But we have a lot of services happening here next week. We have a service on Friday, we have two on Saturday, and then we have our normal three on Sunday. And so if we would just ask that if maybe you're not bringing a friend, you're not using these invite cards, maybe if you would come, or even if you can, come on Friday or Saturday so that we can open up space in this service to be able to welcome a lot of first-time guests that we're gonna come on the day of Easter. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, but please, if, if you don't have a service, just show up here. That's fine too. But we're closing out the series today called Voices. And for those of you guys that don't know me, my name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife. He's the lead pastor here at Coastal. But he's been off for the last eight weeks kind of preserving his voice. So if you're new here, you have no idea who TJ is. But he will actually be back here next weekend. And because, yes, it's amazing. And because he's had about eight weeks off of speaking, he's going to come back here with some fire and some energy and some passion. So you're just going to want to show up because you just never know with this guy. And so it's going to be incredible. I know he's fired up to talk on Easter. So please, again, invite your friends. Show up. Let's pack this place out and affect some people's lives with the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Well, let me tell you, let me ask you guys a quick question. How many of you guys are on social media? 
I know, it's like no-brainer. Probably everybody in this room is on social media. We got Facebook people, you know, people that are on Facebook. I kind of got off Facebook because I was just sick of negative things. So I got off Facebook. But how many, how many of you guys are like Snapchat people? You got the Snapchat app on your phone, some teenagers that are here I know have the Snapchat. You know, I have Snapchat on my phone, but simply because my foster son, Alexander, he likes to look at himself with the little filters and see like ears on him and all that stuff. But what he really likes is for me to turn the camera around onto Pastor TJ and him look at all the stuff, you know, like the filters on TJ. So if you ever need a laugh, I've got some great Snapchat photos of Pastor TJ on my phone, and I'd be happy to share them with you. Um, how many of you guys are like TikTok people? <laughs> Somebody was showing me a dance, like something, I don't know. Did I get it right? Okay, good. <laughs> All right, I'm really more of like an Instagram kind of person. I never post on Instagram, I just watch what all of you guys are doing. Because that's just like my life. I'm like, what do I post? I don't know. So if somebody posts something, then I just repost it because I don't, I don't really know what to do. But on Instagram, I follow a lot of people, like a lot of influencers and people that I, I really like to work out. I like CrossFit. So I follow people that are big in the CrossFit world and just kind of watch how they do stuff and techniques so I can get better at what I do and lift heavier and do all of this kind of stuff. But then what I really love following is the fashion influencers because they like try on clothes and, and people are asking me all the time, Shayla, where do you get your clothes? What do you, you know, where do you find stuff? All on Amazon. Because I watch these influencers and they try stuff on and they're like, this is great. And then they post the link and I end up going to the link and buying it and they just ship it to my house because of these influencers on Instagram. How many, how many influencers do we have in the room right now? Let me see if anybody, an influencer. One. Okay. I see you back there. One, two, Okay, two influencers in the room. Here, here's, here. My goal today is to change what your view of an influencer is. My goal today is to change what your view of an influencer is because I believe that God has called every single one of us to be an influencer. That our life is an influence. It's a representation of the freedom and the hope that God brings to our life, and I believe that he's called all of us to be influencers of the love of God to a hurting and a broken world. And I'm gonna give you guys a statement just real quick, and I pray that this is something that really sinks into the depths of your heart and that you will embrace the reality of this truth, because we're gonna go over it many times today, and this statement is this, you have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love might change someone's life. You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love might change someone's life. Even this weekend, last night, Pastor TJ was actually here last night and we were standing out kind of in the little breezeway area and this little girl, probably I would say eight or nine years old, walks up to us with her mom and her mom said, Pastor TJ, she wants to tell you something. And this little eight-year-old girl looks at Pastor TJ and she says, Pastor TJ, I love to sit and listen to your messages. She said, every time you talk, I feel God's presence in my heart. An eight-year-old. And then her mom goes, 
She drags me here every Saturday night because she wants to come and hear Pastor TJ because she feels God's presence in her heart. That brought so much encouragement to your pastor. One word of encouragement. Then there was this other lady last night. She comes running up, running up, running up. I'm so excited. I said, what are you excited about? She goes, that you're speaking. I love it when you speak. And I just, I needed that in that moment. You don't know what somebody's week, what somebody's day, what they just walked away from. You never know what one conversation, one word of encouragement, one expression of love might do to change the course of someone's day or even the course of their life. And when I asked you guys earlier, how many of you guys see yourself as an influencer, most of you didn't raise your hand. That's because I think culture has hijacked the term influencer. I went online to do some research as I was preparing for this message, and I simply typed in Google, what is an influencer? And here's the first definition that popped up. An influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, knowledge, and relationship with their audience. What? Like that is today's version of an influencer? Someone who affects purchase decisions because of the number of followers that they have on their social media account? When I was growing up, an influencer was a coach. When I was growing up, an influencer was a teacher. An influencer was a great parent or a good friend in my life. An influencer was a Sunday school teacher or a pastor. Culture has hijacked this term, and now many people would say that influencers are celebrities or content creators or somebody who has amassed a great number of followers on social media. And today I want to reclaim the word influencer. Because I want you to see yourself as an influencer because you have no idea how God could use one word of encouragement, one conversation, one expression of love to change the course of someone's life. And I want to show you today what Jesus says about you. And he uses two metaphors actually in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 5, 13 through 16, he says this, you are the salt of the earth. Now question, what what does salt do? Salt purifies, salt preserves, salt adds a little bit of flavor. I want you to nudge your neighbor and say, you're kind of salty. Kind of salty. He continues on and he says, you're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. God is saying that you are a light in a dark world. There is so much darkness in our culture and in our world right now. And God has called us as Christ followers to be that light. Do you know how many people are walking around with darkness inside of them? Void of hope. Void of just you know, purpose and feeling that they're in this desperate place and God has called us to bring light into their darkness because he's called us to be influencers. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Let your influence shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. Let's reclaim the meaning 
of influencer. See, I think the problem with our current view of influence is that it typically starts with the platform. We think in order to be an influence in culture today that we need a platform that we need a great number of followers on our social media accounts, that we need a platform where a lot of people are looking at us. And can I just tell you something? That true and lasting influence always starts with people before a platform. It always starts with people before a platform. And if you have people in your life, you're an influencer. I want to ask you guys a pretty simple question. Who do you think influenced the start of Coastal Community Church? Who do, you, who do you think influenced the start of what God is doing in our communities right now through Coastal Community Church? Who influenced that? You could say that TJ and I, stepping out to, to plant this church, to move here over 13 years ago, knowing no one, you could say that TJ and I influenced the start of Coastal Community Church, and that would be true, but it would be incredibly incomplete. So you could say that maybe it was the 40, 20-somethings that we convinced to help us start this church because they're the only ones crazy enough to listen to these two people go, hey, this is what we're going to do in South Florida. You could say that those 40, 20-somethings influenced the start of Coastal Community Church, and that would be true, but it would be incredibly incomplete. Could you say that it was a pastor named Randy who when TJ and I stepped into his church, just broken and hurting, burned out on ministry in the local church. And this pastor took us under his wing. He helped us heal. He taught us what a healthy church looked like. He taught us what healthy leadership looked like. And he began to restore places in TJ's heart that equipped him for what he's doing today. You could say that Pastor Randy influenced the start of Coastal Community Church. And it would be true. It would just be incredibly incomplete. You could say that it was a book that TJ read 20 years ago called Courageous Leadership. And there was a statement in that book that said a healthy local church is the hope of the world. And TJ in that moment, years and years and years ago, looked around at the church we are currently attending and he's like, this doesn't look so healthy. And I can't see the hope of the world displayed here. He said, maybe, just maybe, God, you're, you're doing something in me, and maybe I'm supposed to help create something like that. Did that influence the start of Coastal Community Church? Or maybe it was the conference where he heard about the book that he read that changed the course of his heart and his passion. Or maybe it was a guy named Joe Foraker who had this ticket to this conference And he knew this guy named TJ, and he said, maybe, God, you're putting him on my heart for a reason, and maybe this ticket is for him to go to this conference. I'm going to give this ticket to him. Not knowing that at that conference, God would speak to TJ's heart and say, I want you to plant a church. Did Joe Foraker influence the start of Coastal Community Church? Or was it when Pastor TJ was 18 years old, passed out drunk on the streets of New Orleans with alcohol poisoning, waking up in a hotel room that he didn't even know how he got there. And waking up and going, this can't be the meaning of my life. Or could it be 
his friend at that same moment that said, hey, I, I'm going to check out this internship this next year. And TJ goes, I'll do that too. And that internship revived and started a relationship with God that would sustain him to that day. Did that guy influence the start of Coastal Community Church? Or what is it, a grandma who prayed for TJ every single day since the day he was born? Was it TJ and Shayla that influenced the start of Coastal Community Church? That would be true. But it would be incredibly incomplete because there are people along the way that didn't even realize that that moment with TJ was incredibly important and influential, and it was a small piece in a big puzzle that influenced the fact that we are gathered here today, that we're gathered in Lighthouse Point, that there are people watching online. All of those things influence the start of Coastal Community Church and the reason that we gather in this place today. You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love can change the course of someone's life. And here, here's what I've realized. Influence isn't always obvious in the moment. And influence isn't always instant. Those people didn't know that that conversation was so crucial to the destiny of TJ's life they couldn't see it in that moment. Your influence isn't instant, but man, when we leverage that person that's right in front of us and we choose to have the conversation, we choose to share the word of encouragement, we choose to see that person maybe in a broken place. It might not be obvious in that moment, but let me tell you, it will change the course of their life. And let me tell you, parents out there, just because you don't see a harvest does not mean that the seed did not take root. Just because you don't see the harvest in your kid, just because you don't see the transformation of the life does not mean that the seeds that you're planting are not taking root to begin to transform their destiny on the other side. Just because you don't see the harvest does not mean the seed didn't take root. I'm going to push you guys on these Easter invites again. Don't make us waste our money. I want you guys, seriously, I want you to pick these up and I want you to take these with them because you know what, what's going to happen this week? You're going to drive through Starbucks like I know you always do. And as you're driving through Starbucks, why don't you take one of these cards? Why don't you pay for the person's order behind you? And then why don't you say to the cashier, hey, would you mind giving this to the person behind me and just letting them know I hope they have a great day and maybe they would join us for Easter? What if that person prayed that morning, God, just give me a sign? Many of us have prayed that prayer before. God, I just, I just need a sign. I just needed you to show me. One simple loving expression might change the course of somebody's life. Or your coworker that you've built relationship, why not just take an invite card and say, hey, I'm going to church this Easter. I wonder if you might want to come with me. I'll save you a seat. Listen, eight out of 10 people who don't go to church say it's because they've never been invited, but 80% of them would say yes, could change the course of someone's life. Why wouldn't we want people to experience 
that. And I want to share with you guys just a simple story out of the Bible that takes place in John 4, and it's about a woman that nobody ever thought would have influence. And the context of the story is that Jesus was on this trip, and he was going on this journey, and he was going to pass through Samaria, which was a really unusual choice for a Jewish rabbi. And the disciples, they really wouldn't have expected him to take this journey because Jews did not interact with Samaritans. Because Samaritans were actually half Jewish, half Gentile, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. They believed that the the Samaritans were less than human, even less than dogs. That's how bad the Jews looked at the Samaritans. And so the fact that Jesus was going to go through the town of Samaria, nobody would have expected this. Because nobody would ever interact with a Samaritan, especially not a Jewish rabbi, and especially not with a Samaritan woman. And so Jesus shocks everybody again and does something that's so countercultural, which is who Jesus is. And he goes and he sits down by this well in the middle of the day in order to rest. And the Samaritan woman comes up to the well. And he dignifies this woman by starting a conversation, and she's completely thrown off guard. You see this in chapter 9. It says, the woman was surprised. Like, she was shocked. She was beside herself because Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And Jesus replied with so much love, like you could sense his love as he's responding. He said, if you only knew the gift that God had for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. He basically said, look, if you only knew that I have the solution to the emptiness that's in your life, if you only knew that I have the solution to the brokenness that is present in you, if you only knew who you were talking to right now, And she's so intrigued in this moment, but she's also confused because she says, sir, but you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. How can I get you the water? And Jesus replies, he says, anyone drinks of this water, this natural water, will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. And this woman begins to notice something different. And she says, please, sir, can I have some of that living water. Then Jesus flips it up a little. He goes, go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband, for you have five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. like, dang, Jesus. (laughs) You just met the lady. She said, you certainly spoke the truth, sir, the woman said. You must be a prophet. She identified something different about Jesus. There wasn't a Jewish man that would ever interact with her as a woman. But Jesus approaches her with love in his heart, and he begins to dignify her. He honors her, all the while knowing that she is an outcast in her own community. Divorced five times and shacking up with another guy? Like in our culture right now, we'd be like, hmm, But in her culture, she would be shunned. She would be an outcast. She would be the one that everybody was whispering about. Watch out for that lady. She's bad news. Don't let your husband get anywhere near her. (laughs) 
She's the one everybody's talking about. And Jesus, knowing all of that, doesn't look at her as an immoral woman, but instead as a miracle waiting to happen. And knowing that a touch from heaven could completely change her heart. And in this moment, it dawns on her, wait a minute. I've been hearing about this Messiah. I've been hearing about this guy that is going around, that's healing people, that's setting people free, that's raising people from the dead. Why would a Jewish man speak to me with honor and respect and know everything about my life? Perhaps this is the one that we've been waiting for. This is the one that we've been praying for. This might be the Messiah. The Bible says that the woman left all of her jugs at the well and she runs into town. This woman that's an outcast, this woman that probably hasn't talked to people in a very long time is out there shouting, come and see a man who told me I've ever, everything I've ever done. I bet people are like, let me see this guy. <laughs> Could he possibly be the Messiah? So what happened? The people came streaming from the village to see. What a powerful story. And this story, I think, shows us a couple things. And one of the first things is this. No matter how bad your life is messed up, you are not too far gone for the love of Jesus to reach into your life. And I know that there's probably somebody sitting in this room that you're like, I have no idea why I'm here. I hear people all the, say, all the time walk into church and be like, lightning's going to strike in this building because I'm here. But can I tell you that there's a God that knows all of those things but says you're not too far gone for me to reach into your situation and for me to want to give you hope and encouragement and freedom and life because I have something that you're so desperate for and you are not too far gone for me. And you're not in this place by accident today that you are here for a reason because there is a God that wanted to meet with you today. He wanted you sitting in this room to hear this. So we see this woman that's an outcast that everybody's whispering about, everybody's talking about. She's going in and she's enthusiastically sharing and telling people this might be the one. The broken woman. The messed up woman. The woman everybody whispers about, the one that was called the immoral woman, is now the influencer. And her story also shows us this, is that you don't have to have it all together to influence somebody towards Jesus. You don't have to have it all together or figured out. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to have a seminary degree. You don't have to pray powerful prayers or know where scripture is found in the Bible. Just be like, I think it says this over here somewhere. Like, you don't have to know it all to have influence. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have your life fixed up and in a pretty bow to have influence. You just need to know who Jesus is and care about the person that's in front of you. We are called to be influencers. We don't need 4,000 people following us on a social media account. We need to care about the one person that God has placed before us that day because he wants to use us to speak life and hope and encouragement that may change the course of their life. 
You know, last, actually it was Friday night, TJ and I were out to dinner, and this guy walks up to us while we're at our table, and he, he's got his wife with him. And he walks up, and he's so excited to introduce his wife to TJ, and he tells his wife, hey, this is my pastor. And I'm like, oh, shoot. This guy goes to my church, and I have no idea who it is. Like, bad news. And so they start talking, and the wife is going, he talks about you all the time. Well, turns out they're Jewish, and they go to the Chabad, They've never come to church here before. But he's talking about TJ all the time. And TJ goes, well, why don't you come see what your pastor does sometime? <laughs> so he invites him to church. And his wife goes, I would actually really love that. But not on Easter. She said, we'll be there on a Sunday, I promise. And as they walked away, I said to TJ, that guy says you're his pastor, but he doesn't go to our church. And he goes, Shayla, I've been having conversations with that guy at Carmela Coffee for two years. And he goes, that guy has a lot of influence. And I know that God's been using that two years for him to say yes to be here at a service because God wants to transform his heart and use influence to affect other people. Listen, influence isn't always obvious and it isn't always instant. But you never know how one conversation, one word of encouragement, just caring about somebody in a moment can change the course of someone's life. So the woman goes back to the vi village and she tells everybody and the disciples are coming back to Jesus and the disciples, I think, can't fully comprehend what just happened because I think they're probably confused about why were you just talking to that lady and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Jesus launches into this different story. And it kind of doesn't make sense in the moment. And this is a different gospel, a different account of it. But he, he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. And he's using this farming metaphor. And he's saying the harvest is ready. And when he's saying the harvest is ready, what he's saying is people's hearts are ready. People's hearts are desperate. People's hearts are depleted. They're broken. People's hearts are lost, but they're desperate for freedom. They're desperate for hope. They're desperate to be put back together. The harvest is plentiful. People's hearts are ready. But then he says, but the laborers are few. And what I would say to you today, the harvest is ready. People's hearts are ready. They're ready to receive. They're ready to hear the encouragement. They're ready to find hope and freedom. But the influencers are few. And if we can realize that we are influencers, don't let culture rob us of our calling, 
by categorizing influencers as something on social media. It doesn't start with a platform. It starts with the person right in front of you. You know, a few weeks ago, I was coming back into service, and one of our Dream Team members stopped me at the, at the door coming into the church, and he grabbed me by the shoulders, and he said, Shayla, I have to tell you something. I said, okay, tell me. He goes, no, I have to tell you, and tears are just streaming down his face. And he said, I walked in here broken and without hope. And he said, the first time I came here, I walked out of service and Pastor TJ saw me. And he said, hey man, how are you doing? Are you okay? He said, I'm really, I'm really not okay. Just in a difficult spot. He didn't share a lot, but TJ said, hey, let me, let me connect you with a guy that I think could help you. And he connected him with somebody. And I think TJ walked away and he didn't even really know what had happened in that situation. But this guy is saying, Shayla, I have to tell you this. I would not be alive if TJ hadn't made that connection. There are people that God is placing in front of you every single day that he wants to use you. He wants to use your words of encouragement, your ability to see their situation and just to love them and encourage them. You never know what one word, one expression of love, one conversation can do to change the course of someone's life. Listen, we all have brokenness in us. We all have needs present in us. We all need words of encouragement. We all need expressions of love. And what if we took what we need and began to give it away to other people? Because people have the same needs that we do. You are an influencer. Who did God use in this story? Not an Instagram star, a professional athlete, a celebrity, not a content creator. He used a regular, ordinary, broken, sinful woman who had been transformed by Jesus. Please get this. You are an influencer. So when you're at work and someone's hurting and you're in conversation and you're just listening and you're not judging and you're just allowing them to have a conversation simply because you want to be present, you're an influencer. When you post a scripture or a sermon clip or anything like that, you never know who's on the other side of that. You're an influencer. By the way you worship, by the way you live out your life to a lost, hurting, broken, dying world, you are salt and you are light. How we live influences those around us. You are an influencer. And I hope that you can see that today. So you guys bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. I actually want to pray for two groups of people. And the first group, I hope, is the majority of us in this room today that you say, Shayla, I recognize today that I do have influence, that there are people in my life, and I want to be able to speak life and encouragement. I want God to use me to help influence others through my word or my encouragement. And I want to pray for you. If that's something that you want to see God do through you, I ask that you just lift your hands right now, and I want to pray over you. 
should be so many of us in this room that goes, God, I want you to use me. God, I pray for every single person here in Parkland and Lighthouse Point that has their hands lifted to you today that is saying, God, I want you to use me to be able to speak life and encouragement. God, I pray that you would just give a sense of boldness to the people in this room. God, that you would open eyes to see and ears to hear, Father, for the things that you have before them and the way that you want to use them to influence the course of someone's day, that moment, that year, that lifetime, Father. That you would help us to identify those moments and to be used by you then there's a different group of you that I want to pray for this morning. And maybe some of you guys are in this room today and you're saying, Shayla, again, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. Somebody invited me to be here and I don't really know what all of this is about. But when you are talking about this woman and how messed up she was and how broken she was, but there was this guy that looked beyond all of that and saw somebody that could be whole and well and healed and that he could use. I'd like to know that kind of a God. And so maybe you're in this room today and you walked in here and you are, your life is a mess. It's broken, you've messed up many times over. Can I tell you again, you are not here by accident. That today, that there is a savior going, I have a solution to your brokenness. And there is a savior that says, I don't see you based on your past. What I have for you is a beautiful future. And if you want to receive a relationship with a God like that, I would love to pray for you. If you'll just up, lift up your hand on the count of three, I want to pray over you. One, two, three. Yes, I see you. One, two. Yes, I see you. Three. Yes, I see you. Four. Yes, I see you. Thank you. Five. Yes, I see you. Six. Thank you. If you'll just repeat in your heart as I pray out loud. Jesus, I surrender. God, I surrender my life. I surrender my past. I surrender my shame. I surrender my brokenness and my sin and all of the things that I have done. And today, I choose to follow you. I choose to make you the influencer of my life. And God, as I surrender, I pray, Lord, that you would heal me, that you would fill me, that you would be the solution to the emptiness that's present in my life. And God, today I choose you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.